All right, ladies and gentlemen, brethren all, welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, a conversation on Freemasonry. I'm your co-host, Stephen Chung, a Master Mason from Kelowna, British Columbia, and uh, with me is Brother Connor Massey, uh, who will introduce himself in a moment, and Worshipful Brother Robert Salt from Miriam 20 in Vernon, B.C. But first, it's important to note that our opinions are our own and do not reflect those of the Grand Lodge of British Columbia and Yukon or respective craft or concordant lodges. With that said, on to introductions. Like I said, I'm Steve Chung. I am uh, here in Kelowna, British Columbia. And Connor Massey, introduce yourself. <clears throat> Hi, everyone. As you know, I'm Connor Massey. I am a Master Mason and a Mark Master Mason in Victoria, British Columbia. I'm a member of two lodges and about 500 other different bodies. So with that said, uh, I will let our go guest host today introduce himself now. Yeah, hi, my name is uh, Robert Salt. I'm uh, a member here in, uh, in Vernon, British Columbia. I just uh, finished up my term as Worshipful Master last year in 2018 of Miriam Lodge number 20 in Vernon. Also active in the Scottish Rite uh, Valley of Vernon, uh, 32nd degree candidate class in 2016. So I'm really looking forward to this uh, podcast today and I thank you very much for bringing me on. Well, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. We like having guest hosts and uh, today's topic for all our listeners here is uh, uh, steps to initiation. Uh, back in 2011 or 2012, the Grand Lodge of British Columbia and Yukon put out a mentorship program and part of that program was called the six steps to initiation and we've been using it here in the Okanagan um, since 2013 at my lodge uh, Prince Charles Lodge and it made quite a difference um, and as it started to gain popularity uh, amongst the brethren in the valley here for um, helping us guard the West Gate, it um, it ran into a little resistance in uh, in a lodge in Vernon uh, due to its lengthy process, and um, uh, that's where uh, Worshipful Brother Salt came into the picture with respect to it, uh, and I'll let him take the story from there. Yeah, it's interesting that you uh, you mentioned, uh, uh, Steve, that it's been around for quite a while. It actually has been around for quite a while. Uh, and interestingly enough, many Grand Lodge jurisdictions, particularly in the United States, do use a Steps to Initiation program um, very similar to our Grand Lodge and our jurisdiction here in Grand Lodge. The interesting thing that really came about, um, particularly, particularly in our lodge, was we had... Um, some candidates come through and it didn't really work out. It wasn't really a good fit. And so the leadership at the time when I was senior warden, we kind of looked at, you know, like the six step program at the time, it was the six step program. You know, how do we, how do we revamp this? How do we, you know, revitalize it and make it appealing to everybody, but also at the same time, reducing the officer burden, you know, and I say officer burden because in the 21st century, I mean, there's, let's be honest, there's a lot of, um, pull to to young man's time. I mean, I'm, I'm 36. And you know, I've got a, a life outside of masonry that uh, that I strive to uh, attain a balance with particularly with masonry. And so I thought, okay, well, how can I, 
maintain the framework or the wireframe or the essence of the steps to or the six step program and reduce it down to reduce burden, but also make it appealing to everybody. So what I ended up doing was I went around and got a bunch of feedback from, you know, as to why was there this resistance? And one of the things that kept coming up time and time again was there's too many steps. You know, what do we do in this circumstance? What do we do in that circumstance? And so what I ended up doing in a nutshell, Steve, was I reduced it down the number of steps, but I also implemented some new steps into that uh, program as well. And uh, the reason for reducing steps was to make it less cumbersome. Uh, yes. Now, mm -hmm. how do you mean cumbersome? Well, I mean, again, like this is kind of like, you know, every lodge is different. But in our lodge, we found that there was not only a lot of paperwork, but there was a lot of uh, questions that maybe weren't pertinent to our particular valley or our particular lodge. So what we did was we, we went through and we changed some of the questions, some of the, how the questions were styled and some of the writing of the questions to appeal to a younger demographic. And uh, what kind of impact did that have in your lodge? Well, initially, um, as you touched on at the beginning of the uh, podcast there, it was uh, taken with quite a bit of resistance during my term as Worshipful Master. But I, what we did in the end was we had to go and we had to explain it in such a way uh, to, to essentially bring the brethren on board by not only just helping them realize that that a, a steps to initiation program is not only protecting the West Gate, but it's also protecting Freemasonry, um, not only from, uh, you know, individuals that would be coming into the lodge that maybe are not a good fit for Freemasonry, but also um, helping us as well improve, uh, attract new members, retain them, and then manage expectations similarly to if you were to enter into any kind of an agreement outside of Masonry. Right. Managed expectations. Now that's a very good point. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, as I said, I, I was uh, the one running the program in our lodge for a number of years, and that's and I had to be one of the best things uh, that came from that. Is it really had us focus on what the prospects um, were looking for when they came into masonry, and in doing that, we were able to identify where we were failing them mm -hmm. and absolutely uh, you know so part of uh part of this process has actually helped us in fine-tuning if you will also the mentorship program um definitely which is the, which is the follow-up aspect to this and exactly in, in in so much as giving prospects that come into our fraternal organization what it is they're actually looking for and it varies from uh, guy to guy mm -hmm. and it does absolutely and one of the interesting things that we also found in our lodge in particular as well steve is we um had entered apprentices that were coming in they're going through the three degrees but then you know they're leaving and we thought okay well they seem you know very good quality guys and i think well why are these good quality guys leaving and after talking to a couple of them that left uh we found that there was that that mentorship that, that real uh, getting them involved, getting them doing something outside of um, uh, just coming to meetings was vital. And so a few of the examples that we 
that we uh, are now starting to implement is placing photos and short bios of new entered apprentices in the lodge, as well as I've also incorporated in the uh, steps to initiation program, um, a candidate questionnaire, which we can, we can get to in a little bit, but really it's just kind of a part of the getting to know process, as well as it works fantastic for icebreakers uh, when you're sitting down to meet a prospective candidate uh, for a coffee or, or, a, or a drink or over dinner or something like that. As, uh, have you guys uh, uh, implemented this kind of thing on the island, Connor? Not to my knowledge. No? Okay. No, when I was initiated, I did not go through any process. I, uh, I filed my, or I followed my petition, had some guys come to my house, and then went and was initiated. That was the extent of it. Uh, I know that Asher Lodge up in Nanaimo normally has our candidates come to a festive board before, mm -hmm. we, uh, before we vote on them, but I'm fairly certain that we don't do the steps to initiation. See, we, we use the steps to initiation for a member or a prospect that comes to us that nobody knows. When somebody is well known um, to our lodge or a member of our lodge, then that member can vouch for their character and conduct, and um, which kind of sidesteps a lot of the, the uh, steps to initiation. Um, Mm. But this document was originally created for dealing with those that we've never met before and needed to get a chance to get to know. Mm -hmm. um, and it's important to note that because guys who uh, come to us from, you know, DMLA or, or um, being very good close friends with other members are treated uh, a lot differently with respect to how their membership process is. I think the one thing that... Um, that we do now since going through this in our lodge that we put everybody through, whether they are well known to a brother or not, is the final step. And that is um, doing a sample memory work. Absolutely. And, you know, it's yeah. it, it, that's one of the things that um, we found in polling our, our uh, uh, guys that came and left was that they didn't know that they had all this memory work. And had they known that, they wouldn't have joined. So consequently, mm -hmm. they came in as an ended apprentice, and we never saw them again. And um, so we have been straight up. Number one thing we tell everybody is there's a lot of memory work. And, and, and yeah, and I, it's interesting to hear you say that, Steve, because on that note, uh, it's, it goes back to that managing expectations. You know, one of the things that, that I have noticed in our lodge, I mean, I've, I've only been in masonry uh, 10 years now, but... You know, that's a relatively short time compared to, to some of our senior brethren. But what I have noticed in, in the 10-year time span that I have been in masonry is that, Steve, managing that expectations. You know, there, there have been members who are really good friends with a prospective candidate, but that good friend may or may not be good mason material. They may conduct themselves masonically and, and lead a masonic life in, in society, and that would trigger the brother to say, okay, great, this, this guy would make a good mason. But he may not make he may not be too comfortable with the memory work. And I think that's why incorporating a memory test into the steps initiation has been, has been huge, not only to, um, to manage the expectations on both sides of the, of the, um, the pillars, but also really to give the candidate an understanding of the, of the 
the dedication and the obligations that are that are required when one becomes a mason. Right. Um, now, Connor has never seen this, uh, and, and I'm guessing there's a lot of our viewers who have never seen it. You want to do a quick run through of the uh, document you have on your screen uh, yeah, from start to finish? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll, I'll just do a, a quick uh, cliff notes here for, for our viewers. So essentially, I just I wrote a brief background as to why um, it's been revised uh, based on the uh, Grand Lodge of BC and Yukon uh, framework as, as to why it's been revised. So that's a quick background on that. Uh, really, so the step one, so step one is setting up the meeting. So when a candidate or somebody who's come to us, maybe through social media or the internet or somebody as you've touched on, Steve does not know us, uh, first step is to set up the meeting. So does the candidate wish to meet in person? So that's a check mark. Is the candidate serious about a life in Freemasonry? So these are all kinds of things that we can glean as we approach and, and have this first phone call. And specifically, what do you know about Freemasonry? Then the second meeting is where we at, or the second interaction is where we meet face to face and then assign the memory test and we explain why the memory test was, um, was uh, implemented or why we implement the memory test. And we also encourage the candidate in the phone call to bring any written questions that they may have, uh, particularly, you know, if they've got family or friends that have read things online about masonry and have various questions about masonry, we always encourage them, at least in our lodge, to bring some questions so they can be prepared. Um, step three is we typically have the worshipful master or somebody who, uh, like a steps to initiation chairman, attend the, the second meeting and the memory test is uh, evaluated. Um, did, they, did the candidate find the memory test challenging? If so, how many prompts? And does the lecture describe who the candidate would like to become? And I'll, I'll get to the memory test here in just a second. So then from there, we have a social. And so, Connor, you touched on that, that, uh, you know, there we have, you know, a, a candidate that may attend a repast or they may come. We have Friday socials all the time. We have a summer picnic. We have a we do a Christmas party, uh, which is in conjoint with our lodge meeting in December. And so we always encourage the candidates to uh, to come to that as well. And then we briefly write in here uh, just some of the feedback from the other brothers present at the lodge. And then uh, how it's actually written in our bylaws is we were able to get this program written into our bylaws last year, fortunately, is before they the petition can be officially received, they have to have passed through the steps to initiation program. And, and so far that's working very well for us. We have uh, three petition for initiations that are all going through simultaneously as we speak uh, right now. So then there's some guidelines here as well. Um, just briefly going through just some guidelines on topic uh, conversation topic points. And then uh, just more guidelines. And then here's some, you know, this this one's particularly important. Steve, you mentioned earlier about what if, you know, what if he's not new to us? What if he's a friend of a brother? So if the candidate has uh, attended numerous socials and appears to be very keen to join, or the member has known the candidate for at least six months, then the process can be streamlined by having them fill out the questionnaire and simply passing the memory test, as you touched on earlier, uh, Steve. And then these are the questions, the candidate questionnaire. Uh, do you believe in a supreme being? Do you understand that uh, joining Freemasonry is a large commitment? Um, and then are you prepared to make such a commitment? And we also ask a couple of questions about the uh, memory test. 
so you will be expected to commit certain lectures to memory um, and then repeat them from memory in open lodge and then would you be comfortable with this and then of course if they tick no on any of these then we can you know have that as a conversation to uh, topic as well this is the oh sorry about that this is the uh candidate skills and interest questionnaire that they fill out um, who their mentor will be just some basic information about them uh, if they have a, a spouse or, or significant partner uh, what they do, what they enjoy to do, any community service that they may be involved in. We've had a couple members that are involved in uh, Rotary and other extracurricular um, types of organizations uh, at our lodge, so they have put that down. And then we also like to um, use this down here. Uh, I would like to participate in the following activities. We've had some candidates that have expressed a, uh, a strong desire to enter into a leadership position. So they've already identified themselves as a leader and they said I'd like to take a chair right away. So they have, uh, they've ticked that off. And then this is our, our memory test. Uh, it's so, it's out of the, um, uh, excerpted from the history of Freemasonry. The citation is down there uh, from the Grand Lodge of Canada in the province of Ontario back in 1868. And it is the ideal of a Freemason. We have them, uh, we have them uh, recite that for one, uh, at least two of our members in the committee. And that pretty much sums it up. Excellent. So uh, with regard to the memory test, one thing that we do here in Kelowna is uh, uh, we offer coaching. Uh, Absolutely. That's hard. Prospects. Uh, and are you guys doing the coaching as well? Yes. So the candidate chairman, as well as either the senior warden or the junior warden, uh, also is involved in the coaching of the memory work as well. Excellent. The... Um, uh, coaching that we've been doing has actually uh, gotten us uh, segued several times because as we go through um, the coaching process, it, it seems to, of course, uh, raise more questions. And of course, the That's answers fine. are never simple. So sometimes you can get quite in, you can get really into uh, um, explaining uh, the deeper parts of what uh, an ideal of a Freemason is. Um, it's kind of funny that way. Oh, absolutely. But we're experiencing the same thing as we go through uh, our mentoring program. Once somebody comes in and we're mentoring them through the process of uh, learning their, their prove up work, mm -hmm. um, we are finding uh, many questions arise from that, which gives us many more teaching opportunities too. Definitely. And I think the more from what I've experienced, and you probably know this as well at your lodges, uh, Connor and Steve, is that the more the candidate is engaged and made to feel welcome initially, the longer and more likely they are to stick around. So my question would be, what if the candidate has problems memorizing that page? That's a good question. So we have had a couple of candidates that uh, that have struggled. And what we do is we provide them with additional time as well as additional coaching. And we just basically say that, look, you can do this in, in your own time. And we, you know, we actually have had a candidate with who is now an injured apprentice successfully passed through this program. And he indeed he did indeed have a brain injury. He was uh, struck by a, an oncoming car. He almost lost both of his legs and he was in a coma for quite a, a long period of time. Uh, and he just took 
an extra couple of months to memorize the of the, the passage. He worked away at it with coaching from our um, from our brethren, and he is now uh, a an initiated uh, entered apprentice in good standing at our lodge, and he is very active with his attendance and participation. Okay, because that's that's <clears throat> one of the concerns that I had when I first saw this was mm -hmm. what if you have a person who their father, grandfather, great-grandfather were all Masons. They've wanted to be Masons their entire life, but say they have a learning disability. Absolutely. Or they're really struggling with, with, with memory work. It seems like this could be a potential, like really disheartening step uh, for someone who might be in that scenario. That, that absolutely. And, and to that, I would say that what we, what we as lodges need to do is rather than exclude somebody on that basis, we need to include them by offering them increased coaching, offering them uh, different strategies, because um, I've actually had a friend uh, who is learning disabled, and he found that listening to it worked better than him just reading it and, and reading it and rereading it out loud. So he put it into a recorded format, and it worked much better for him insofar as his schoolwork was, was concerned when I was in university. So there's different ways that that um, I think the leadership of the Lodge, Connor, needs to acknowledge that if a person um, or, or a man or a mason to be is struggling in a certain area, particularly with ritual work, then I think it's up to the leadership of the lodge to step up to the plate and help them out. Totally agree with that. You know, I mean, the, the fact is, if they can't do memory work, they will not be able to progress through the natural progression to become a master mason. So this uh, identifying these issues early, um, helps us bridge that um, for the prospect who might find it overwhelming to begin with and give knowing that there's help and uh, coaching available um, it's I think makes it uh, make makes a guy more confident in the, in the fact that oh okay they're uh, they're gonna help me get through this process exactly. Right. And, and 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 in that in, there's an interesting phenomenon that happens there in tandem with that steve is there's a bonding that takes place you know i was very fortunate that i was able to work uh, my dad was my my mentor into masonry he was a 50-year member and he helped me extensively with my memory work and, and so in saying that not everybody is cut out not everybody likes memory work not everybody loves memory work or even maybe is as good at it like like you say but it being up to the leadership of the lodge to recognize that and then provide different ways and, and means that can be um, implemented to help the candidate through the program and ultimately attain the uh, the master mason degree. And I think that the implementation of that, you know, there's there's ways like, I, okay, you know, you might be wondering, okay, well, what ways? Well, having on modern, on modern um, uh, smartphone devices or on computers, voices can be recorded so what you could do is have the candidate record him reading the passage to himself and then playing it as he's either driving to work or brushing his teeth or whatever and everybody learns differently i guess is what i'm trying to say at the end of the day i'm in the process of uh well i'm not in the process of just i finished memorizing it but i was memorizing the basically the tracing board or entered apprentice lecture in the mm -hmm. ancient ritual which was about five pages long yes and uh recording it and listening to it definitely was helpful for me oh absolutely the topic of, of memory work uh, mm -hmm. 
techniques. And, and definitely. And I think like Connor, I guess I would ask then in so far as, um, uh, from what your experiences have been, like what has worked for you for, for, um, memory work? The biggest thing that has helped me is having a friend, uh, sit there with, with the, with the book and like feed me a line. I say it over three or four times and then give me yes. the next line. And then I go back. Um, I could have the, the page in my hands and just read it out loud. And that almost never works for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. The same, the same thing is I think having somebody there with you to, to coach you and help you is huge. Yeah, I, I've uh, never really had the benefit of having a coach. I, uh, but I, you know, I started in DMLA at 14. And, and uh, so my brain is well tuned in this department. So it's one of those things that um, in my method, I, I just learn the line when I can repeat the line three times from memory, then I go learn the next line. When I can repeat that from three times from memory, then I combine the two. When I can do them both combined for three times from memory, I go to learn the next line. And then once I've got that from memory, then I add it to the previous ones. By the time I get through a, a lecture, I've done the first paragraph so many times is not it's ingrained in there. So, you know, it, it, it incorporates repetition. Um, for me, that seems to really help, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, that recording yourself and hearing it back um, really, I guess, pointed out to me, yeah, I still suck. I really got to work at this more because I sound like <laughs> crap. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> keep working, keep working on it because it doesn't sound like you want it to sound when it's being delivered. Right. And, and definitely, uh, you know, some when you when you're talking the difference between a prove up and a lecture is two really different animals. Oh, definitely. Um, you know, the prove up, you you um, you want to do it from a point of understanding what it is you're saying mm -hmm. and from a, a lecture point of view you're trying to uh, deliver it with cadence so that the people that you're delivering it to can actually understand it and grasp what it is you're saying so two really totally different things mm, absolutely and then the other thing too that i guess uh it kind of brings up an interesting point uh steve that you mentioned there understanding and then kind of grasping what have you uh got at your lodge insofar as after because uh, I, I know you use a kind of a version of this uh, program at your lodge down there in Kelowna. What do you do specifically after they have passed through the program and they've become initiated? How do you how do you get them involved and retained in the lodge? Like what kind of things do you do? So our lodge has a mentorship program that runs every Thursday. So okay. every, every Thursday at seven o'clock, um, any candidates that are in the process um, uh, can meet up with the mentors that are at the lodge waiting to meet them mm -hmm. and um, practice and they practice their prove-ups and during their prove-ups they find a lot more questions because to understand something or, or to to say it with, with meaning you have to understand it so they do a lot of education there and you know for example i, I went there one night that some guys were supposed to practice their prove-ups and they were pretty much through most of their stuff 
uh, through the obligation. And then, you know, the, then there was more questions and we never did get back to practicing again because there was so much discussion around the, around, well, what does that really mean? And how mm -hmm. does that apply to us in Freemasonry? And, uh, you know, it, it, it's amazing the amount of work a new guy will do to find out information and bring it back to the next meeting and say, you know, remember we couldn't figure this out? Well, I, I, I researched it and this is what I found, right? Excellent. And yeah. so now we've got guys that have come through our mentorship program and are now part of the mentoring program themselves and coaching new guys through the process. Mm -hmm. um, and because they didn't feel that they were really, they didn't want to go up the line of offices. They didn't want to take positions of responsibility in the lodge that way, but they thought, Hey, I could give back by helping out a brother learn his stuff like I did. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And so, you know, different guys have different roles, you know, like we, we have um, a guy that's the head of our mentorship program. He's not the strongest in ritual. You know, he's been in lodge a long time. Mm -hmm. um, and this is one of his ways that he can give back uh, to the younger members. Definitely. And it's turned out to be an incredible uh, avenue for these guys to give back as well. So that's how we get them involved. I think, I think that sounds excellent because I've come to realize particularly too at Miriam to touch on that point is that the more members uh, that pass through the program and then they're streamlined into an engagement or retention kind of uh, scenario is that they have to have a purpose. And I think everybody, regardless, you know, man or woman, Mason or not, everyone has to have a sound purpose in life. And I think, you know, in rewinding back to the beginning where we were talking about managing expectations, that's the purpose for this candidate skills and interest questionnaire. I think, you know, it's not just enough to say, okay, well, you know, when we read out a candidate's petition about what he does and who he is and where he's born and where he lives, it might be nice to say, you know, some more things about him. So the, maybe there's a brother who's sitting on the sides that says, hey, you know, I do that too. It might be nice to go have a game of golf or go watch a hockey game together. And then that starts a bond, which starts right when the, the, uh, the West Gate is about to be opened. And then from there, it's streamlined so that the bond continues. And that, as you say, maybe, you know, maybe the brother that's passing through this um, steps to initiation program is not that skilled at ritual but maybe he wants to help out and mentor uh and, and you know even be a part of say our widows and orphans or our social club or our wellness club for for the sick and visiting and the shut-in like there's a whole bunch of different avenues that uh, can be pursued right yes yes um and i like your document that you've got with the skills and interests and um have you you mentioned earlier that you guys are posting a picture with a little write-up on mm -hmm. the candidates is there another form that you have for that yes we do so pretty much it's just a very short uh bio which the candidate um writes in his own his own words we're actually going to be doing that in april next month we're starting it for the first time is uh we jump back to uh to the first or the second page here on the, bio, the, the photo in the short bio, it's basically for the for the brothers passing through the notice, passing by the notice board rather, to 
uh, kind of say, oh, okay, that's that's a new brother coming into the lodge, and they can quickly scan the bio, and maybe they have something of common or something of interest, and it would provide for either a good thing to do outside of lodge or a good uh, topic of conversation at a repast. Right. It, it's um, it, it's interesting you say that you guys are going to do that because um, I was preparing uh, my slideshow for the education day about my trip to Cuba. And, and uh, one of the things that uh, I noticed in the pictures that I had um, of the, uh, when you come up the stairs into their lodge, there's a board with just that. Uh, postings of guys who are going to join. Mm -hmm. There's a picture and a little write-up and everything else. Yes. And uh, so I actually cropped that out and uh, blew it up. And uh, I was going to suggest that we adopt that type of practice as well. Um, because, you know, there's guys that will show up at Lodge uh, and uh, they explain that the reason for having it there is the guys that will show up at Lodge and go, oh, I know that guy, but they didn't know he was about to, you know, he's been waiting to join Lodge. Exactly. Right? And uh, You want to hear a funny story that just popped into my mind about that? Mm -hmm. What's that? Um, it's not particularly in the same Lodge, but my mentor when I went through the three degrees, mm -hmm. was telling, uh, his brother, who was also a Mason um, and who was a DMLA advisor. Uh, so when, when my mentor was going through the degrees, right? Or when, sorry, when my mentor was about to be initiated, uh, he called his brother and said, hey, brother, real brother, not, not, not for yeah. brother. Yeah. Um, don't laugh, but I have to tell you something. I'm about to be initiated into Freemasonry. And his brother started laughing. Hmm. And uh, my mentor got super, super, like, um, defensive. Like, hey, man, you know, Freemasons do a lot of good work. And his brother, after laughing for about five minutes, said, no, no, no. I'm not laughing that you're joining Masons. I got my entered apprentice degree last week. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's pretty cool that is cool that's really cool actually and they're a world apart where where are they from each other uh one lives here in victoria the other one lives somewhere in the mainland oh okay so not worlds apart just a world apart well they, they, it is worlds apart the mainland and vancouver island don't get me wrong we're far more civilized than you mainland folk <laughs> Uh, well, us up in the mountains, you know, we got a long way to go to for civilization. Well, you know, it's funny. It's funny, Steve, because when when we're you know two and three feet of snow, Victoria's golfing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then we got like two feet of snow the other day, or like a couple weeks ago, and I still managed to go and get a few rounds of golf in. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, that's yeah. nice. But while they're wearing, while they're wearing their trench coats and um, you have umbrellas, I I moved to Kelowna and got rid of all my umbrellas. Yeah, fair enough. We do get rain here every once in a while, but not not quite extensively as the coast. I call that a car wash. <laughs> oh, very true. Very so true. so here's a here's a question for you, uh, Robert. Yeah. What would happen if someone just I don't know if this is even possible, but failed the steps to initiation program. Um, I'm unsure. <laughs> I'm unsure if that's possible. Um, the, the only uh, thing that would come to mind is if they, if they quit, 
I think they would fail themselves, not the program would fail it or fail them, if that okay. makes sense. So, um, the re reason I say that is because we have a we have a gentleman right now who is very uh, accomplished in what he does in his line of work, but his line of work causes him to travel a fair bit. And so I'm, I'm working with him because I th this particular time by the current Worshipful Master of the Lodge, I've been appointed the committee chairman. So I'm working with this, uh, this prospective candidate quite closely one-on-one. -on -one, and I just sent him a text message two days ago and asked him if he wants to meet up, how's it coming? And he's actually down in Tennessee. Um, he's in the music industry. So he's down in Tennessee working down there currently. And he says that he's picking away at it and he should be ready by the end of the month. And so if, to answer your question specifically, Connor, we do sit down right here for the, for the uh, like it says step three, but this can technically be, uh, you know, very close to the last step. Um, you know, say he's on the last step and he does, you know, do very poorly on the, then we give him more time and work with him more extensively. So okay. I think I think the only way that if somebody were to pack it in, and th this is what we would want too. So this scenario is something we want. If we have a guy that's uh, very gung ho on joining, and he says, you know, look, I'm, I'm this is awesome, I'm doing great, but then he's taking, he's coming to all the socials, he's you know going out with the brothers, doing this and that, but then he's not doing the memory work, and he's six or seven months into the memory memory uh, you know test. We say to him, well. You know, John Doe, you do have to pass the, you know, this memory test in order to, you know, become a Mason. He goes, yeah, 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 don't worry about that. Then if he's still not doing it, then I think we can draw the conclusion that maybe uh, he's not as committed as he, uh, you know, per really should be. Because the memory test as well is also uh, a form of dedication. It's, it's proving that they actually want to be a Mason. Fair enough. Yeah, and, it, and it's not like the test they have in Cuba where they're expected to come and sit out the bottom of the door of the lodge and, and guard the bicycles every week <laughs> uh, until yeah. their petition is uh, approved by the Grand Lodge of Cuba. Exactly. Uh, and uh, Connor, you sit there with a the blank look on your face, just so you know. Some of those guys, I asked them how long they stood outside that door for. Nine months, 12 months, 18 months, 13 oh, wow. months, 15 months, I eight think I, months. Right? And that's I, every week. I think I waited about two two months, three months before I was made a Mason. Yeah, exactly, yeah. right? Yep, exactly. Yeah. So you want to talk about dedication, because yeah, that's a serious level of dedication. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but uh, yeah, we we've had that we've had that question and concern posed about this program since its inception, and um, be, because we won't accept their petition without them passing the memory test, right? Mm -hmm. um, we, they, they never really fail uh, as per se, like you say. Um, and it's helped, I mean, some guys, they've come back with the uh, memory test in, in two weeks and have down pat. Oh yeah, you know, definitely. Yeah. Some guys, they, they, you know, they start to give us the cold shoulder. Then we really know that that's really the problem because they were very active coming in, doing meetings and, and uh, socials and things like that. And then all of a sudden they get distant and they yeah. didn't really want to say it. So, but because we have such good coaches working alongside them, they just talk to them like normal people outside. Exactly. That. There's no pressure. Um, and really, well, here's a really cool thing for you. Because of our mentoring program, we've had candidates that left as EAs or fellow crafts and did not want to continue, they've come back and they're practicing 
with these guys on our mentorship nights so that they can prove up and continue right and mm -hmm. some of them you know they're older guys it's taken them longer but that's okay everybody works different at their own speed how, too. how long do you give a candidate or a brother to prove up uh well grand lodge says one year i believe to to get through all three but yeah, we, um, we had um actually it's quite interesting that you asked that question connor because steve i can touch on that from personal experience from miriam lodge last year um we had a uh, a brother who was initiated into uh, Freemasonry at, at Miriam Lodge, and he was an, um, I won't give away his name or what his profession does, but again, he was a traveler. He had to travel to Nigeria, and, and he was involved in um, the oil business and, and was very uh, gone. He was pretty well gone a lot of the year. And so I worked with my secretary because he said, okay, well, look, I'm going to have my memory work done, but I don't know when I'm going to be in town. When are you guys, you know, conferring the Master Mason degree next? And so I said, okay, this is when he said, well, darn, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to be there. So I worked with Grand Lodge through my secretary. And what Grand Lodge said to us was that, well, it's typically expected that there is a year. I believe that, and don't quote me on this, that, that there can be dispensation or there can be certain uh, special circumstances if a brother has, has um, you know, is traveling for his work, et cetera. And so what we ended up doing was we ended up holding a master mason degree as an emergent meeting whereby he was able to do his prove up and receive the, de uh, the degree on the same night yeah that's what asher lodge does we we put not we we for the last three months we've had more than one degree a month that we're doing oh wow yeah see there you go yeah so we never because asher lodge um we always open in the master mason degree Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so if we're doing a degree we're not going to do it on a regular communication all of our degree work is done on an emergent night yeah uh for instance this wednesday we're doing the entered apprentice degree um where i'm presenting that lecture and it's not our regular night it's an emergent night because we're going to be opening the lodge in an entered apprentice degree which that we almost sense. which we never do we if we're doing a regular ashler lodge meeting we mm -hmm. open in the master mason degree and if for some reason we have to drop down to the ea or the fellowcraft <coughs> then we'll do that after the fact yeah that makes perfect sense to me yeah and, and i think too you do you, with that do you have your do you have your regular communications go a lot smoother it, oh yeah know? yeah I bet. our regular <laughs> communications are a lot of fun our regular communications we go up do our opening and closing or do our opening, go through bits and bobs, do mm -hmm. our closing, then go down and our festive boards are amazing. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, uh, that's another topic um, as well is, you know, maybe subtle changes that might be off topic for today, but these subtle changes that can be implemented to facilitate a uh, vigorous membership, more, more um, participation. Definitely. Yeah, more participation. Well, you know, I mean, quite often we hear uh, younger members go, going through the uh, process, you know, even even younger Master Masons um, saying, you know, these meetings are boring. These meetings we just pay bills. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? yep. And, you know, I don't want to come to these meetings, right? Yeah. Um, because we're just paying bills. And, but what they... What, what I see is they come to those meetings and then right after the meeting, they bail. 
and they're out the door, right? Yeah. Well, you know what? My wife knows I'm going to lodge that night. She knows I'm in a safe place, and she also knows I could be home late. So mm -hmm. my, my advice to those who are not getting what they're looking for in the regular means is stick around longer for the festive boards because um, that's where you know the social aspect is that's where uh, some real good education can happen I mean we at Prince Charles Lodge this year have gone back to uh, Ron, uh, Worshipful Master uh, Ron Gunn has brought back having posing a question uh, from the director of education in Lodge but then following that question up in our festive board and having a good lively discussion in the festive board about the topic so that it's more of an engaging festive board uh, where we can get a little more light as well. The the other thing that I want to say on this on this topic and this might be a unpopular and almost dissenting opinion but uh -huh. if you are going to lodge and even if you're going to the festive board and you're just not enjoying yourself potentially you're just not in the right lodge for yourself. I travel around the jurisdiction consistently. I'm constantly visiting other lodges. Mm -hmm. And to quote, uh, I believe it's past Grandmaster Stephen Godfrey. I think it was Stephen Godfrey. Every lodge has its own culture. Oh, absolutely they do. So yeah. for instance, Henderson Lodge, we're a whole bunch of geeks. Literally, our, our worshipful master this year uh, just went in for a second term. And in recognition of him, we we're referring to him as a hero, a superhero. Yeah. So we got him a Molnir gavel, like Thor's hammer. Mm -hmm. And yeah. when he got it, he took <clears throat> it and he sat it down with the hammer on the bottom and the pillar or the, the handle sticking upright, mm -hmm. like, like Thor does with Molnir. And uh, I remember there was another Mason present who uh, said, you, you sh probably shouldn't do that because people might confuse it for the... Uh, for the ionic pillar <laughs> which is true if yeah. that is your mindset you might confuse it for the ionic pillar but yeah. everyone in henderson lodge <laughs> looked at it and said that's just molnir that's what thor does with molnir and yeah. then with asher lodge we are incredible ritualists mm -hmm. at asher mm -hmm. lodge our pride and joy is doing some of the best ritual in the entire jurisdiction because asher lodge is the is the um is the uh we're the original ancient lodge for mm -hmm. the jurisdiction. Yep. So all other ancient lodges are based off of our ritual. That's right. So, yeah. so we work our hardest to keep our ritual amazing. Now, here's the thing. Say, say you and Steve, you, you're not fans of superheroes or video games. You, you can't stand that, bull, that malarkey. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't like video games. You don't like superheroes. And you also don't like, um, you don't like, ritual you think ritual is naff you do it because you have to and that's it you don't want to you don't want to do anything more than you needed well mm -hmm. henderson lodge and asher lodge are perfect for me but they're probably not very good for you so you could go to say i don't know goldstream lodge yep and i i don't know this but say goldstream lodge they were all about american football and every time you went to Goldstream Lodge, they put on a football game and they were drinking beer and talking about football. And you're all about football. Go. Yeah, Saints. absolutely. Go Saints or go Patriots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. You, you would fit in in that lodge. Mm -hmm. that, the culture of that lodge would be agreeable to you. 
So that's that's probably a dissenting opinion, but it's something that I've always considered really important. Is that if if you're is that not every lodge is going to be perfect for everyone. So, and I think this might correct me if I'm wrong, but with the six steps to initiation or the steps to initiation program, it would also be an opportunity for the lodge and the brother to figure out if they have similar interests and if they would be, if the culture of Miriam Lodge would be yes. agreeable to the personality and interests of John Doe. Absolutely. And, that, and that, that's one of the very first things I do in our six steps to initiation uh, process. And it's not very popular with my lodge brethren because I tell everybody there is another lodge in town. <gasps> And they don't like that. But the fact oh. is, not everybody is going to connect with everybody. And I tell them, you may connect more with the guys from that lodge than our lodge. Um, you may just decide to join our lodge and um, just know you're not going to have that close bond with everybody in our lodge because, you know, we're all dealing with humans and um, we're all different. Absolutely. And, and so I, I try yeah. to explain that, that whole process, right? I, I agree. I agree 100% with both of you. I think, Connor, um, every single lodge is absolutely right. It has its own conscience. And I think that, um, uh, you know, I have no hesitations promoting another lodge to a potential candidate if I feel he would fit in better because I'm ultimately I'm promoting their fraternity as a whole more than my own bias towards my own lodge. Mm-hmm. And also, as a disclaimer, I don't know if, if Goldstream Lodge is, is super big into American <laughs> football. I just know that they just had a, a Super Bowl party, which is why it popped into my head. For, for a second there, I almost for, I, I forgot we were live and we had to do disclaimers. But yeah, no, I, I have no hesitations promoting another lodge um, if I feel a candidate would be uh, well-suited for that lodge. Because you're absolutely right. Every lodge does have its own conscience. And, and I think ultimately the goal is to have a member of the community come in to Freemasonry and better himself so that he can take that and then uh, share that in his community uh, sphere. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes, I totally agree. It's, uh, I mean, now, as sad as this is, okay, one of the DMLA boys that uh, I uh, was a chapter dad for here in Kelowna. Was it Nick said, Bess? No, 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 uh, no, no. Any, anytime from, there's a story, it's usually about Nick Bess. It, yeah, it, it's from Kelowna. Um, and he came and we sat together. We talked for a long time. And uh, it turned out that his grandfather and, and uh, uncle were members of St. George's Lodge. And so uh, I gave him the number and he called. Consequently, he's joining that lodge. Uh, but to him, there's some historical thing uh, about his family members all be part of that lodge. So he's joining that lodge. It's, it's taken him a little longer to get through the process, but uh, he... He, he's going there. So we lost one in this whole process of being honest with the candidates mm -hmm. and prospects. But well, what I would say is even though your Mason lodge... regained, right? Yeah, so, even though your lodge lost one, you probably sent him to a lodge where he's going to be stronger and better for the craft in general. Exactly. My, my, my guess is he's going to be more active with our lodge, right? But he's going to belong to that lodge. Right? Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> sure. 
you know, we're the ones with the mentor program. We're the ones who, who do all these things and have socials and things like that. Right. So we'll see, but that's yeah. okay. As long as, as long as it, it gives him what he's looking for, that's the more important thing. And I think too, ultimately at the end of the day, it's about promoting the fraternity as a whole. And I think that if we can, you know, if we can subtly implement these various things that we're discussing into our own lodges, I think ultimately, you know, the fraternity will be better for it. Especially, you know, like you say, Connor, you know, if, if there's one particular conscience at one lodge and somebody comes in and goes, well, maybe this isn't so much a, um, you know, what I'm looking for, but then, you know, Connor, you say to him, well, how about you try this lodge? And then he goes there and then he loves it so much. He brings five other guys in. Yeah. Like that, that's ultimately what we want, uh, you know, versus if he came to your lodge and said, oh, okay, well, I'm going to come here anyways. And then he leaves and then tells five other guys how awful his experience was. There's those two contrasting uh, examples. We'd rather have the former than the latter. Yeah. Um, and and the, the more that I think about it, I definitely think that this, this program is not only about determining whether or not the brother is right for Freemasonry, but also that the, that the lodge is right for the brother. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm going to ask that uh, you email the working tools podcast at gmail.com a copy of the documents that um, uh, we'd that like we, to make that available. We use? Yeah, sure. I can right? do that. No problem. Yeah. And then, and then when Connor does the uh, follow up notes and he can uh, tell people if they email us, we'll be happy to send them on a copy of the program. Absolutely. Um, and I think too, Steve, I can. Uh, I have a, like, this is a, a final master copy, but I can, you know, if a, if a specific worshipful master or secretary or, you know, even somebody outside of our jurisdiction uh, wants it, then I can tailor it to uh, to their specific uh, lodge or jurisdiction too. That's not a problem. Yeah. If, if you can, if you can just give us the generic one that we don't have to worry about tailoring for everybody. Yes. Um, then we, we can send that out. And if, if somebody really wants to uh, get it tailored from that point, we can deal with it. But Absolutely. Um, uh, I think that it'd be great to uh, make it available to our followers and, and listeners. Oh, uh, have we had any uh, kickback in the... Uh, Not today, no. In the chat? No? Okay. Um, We've had a few people watching live kind of off and on, on but uh, no one's made any uh, comments yet. All right, fair enough. That's okay. The beautiful thing about uh, podcasts is that uh, people can come back years from now and, and it'll, watch it'll the still be there. One. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so will the footnotes and uh, for the links to the documents and things like that. So, so long as the internet still exists. So, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I don't see that going anywhere fast. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. You know, some of us might not be on there, but you know, that's okay. Um, <laughs> now, in, uh, in in closing, is there anything, um, Robert, that you would like to uh, share for a message for our listeners? Well, I think I think the biggest take home here, um, Connor and Steve, I think from from our lodge is that we have found uh, what works. And I think, you know, um, having it, it's one thing to say, OK, well, you, we, we do it at this lodge. But then I think if you can um, get the support of the brothers to put it into the bylaws, because I think if it's going to be something that that really works and sticks and, and really um, ensures that good fit and promotes more rigorous um, attraction of members and a more rigorous participation of members once they're initiated, then I think each individual lodge 
in the jurisdiction or any other jurisdiction for that matter would be of uh, benefit. It would be of a benefit to them. And I think the, the final take home point is not only get to know your candidate, but help your candidate, mentor your candidate, and make sure that the lodge leadership really steps up to the plate that if the candidate has identified an area that they struggle with, particularly if it's memory work, or maybe, they, maybe they're phenomenal at memory work, but they have a bit of social anxiety, because I have seen that as well, uh, that they really, you know, just stand behind and build that bond, build that, you know, the brotherly love right from the start. Yeah, good. Well said. Well said. Um, and Connor, anything uh, from your uh, thoughts? I think I've uh, shared all of my thoughts so far. Um, I, it's it's definitely a really interesting program, um, and uh, perhaps uh, you and I could talk more some of the the processes that went into it and the statistics behind it. Mm -hmm. I'd be I'd be happy to do that. Excellent. And uh, I think uh, that about wraps up our podcast for today. So for those uh, watching and listening, if you liked what you saw, then by all means, please uh, go and give us a review on our um, YouTube page. Uh, please uh, add your comments, even if they're just short ones, just simply because it really helps us with our rankings. And uh, we're working on getting enough um live podcasts up onto here so that we can get them up onto all the other podcast apps. Definitely. So. And thank you. Thank you very much, uh, both of you for having me on a get, uh, as a guest. It's been, uh, it's been very enjoyable. And it's also great to connect with you as well, Connor. It's, it's fa um, phenomenal, you know, the technology of being able to uh, teleconference into some, uh, to another brother on the island. So thank you very much for that. Happy to have you. Awesome. And we welcome you back again. If there's another topic you'd like to come on, we'd be happy to have you back. Uh, other than that, I guess uh, we can wrap that up. And um, Connor uh, gets the honor of pushing the button. Everybody have a fantastic rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye.